The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio, with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. Appreciate you being here. The phone number is always 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Gary and Eric will be returning next week. And I got to tell you, there is so much to cover this morning. Appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio. The phone lines are open. Title 42. America has been given a reprieve. We'll get into that. An absolutely epic interview coming up between Tulsi Gabbard and this guy, George Santos. If you haven't been following this story, this is the guy who is being accused of, and he is now admitted to, lying his way through the campaign for the House of Representatives. He is in New York. He represents Long Island or will be representing Long Island, parts of Queens as well. And the guy now admits that he lied basically about a lot of the things in his past. We're going to get into that because one of the things that Tulsi asked him basically was a question right between the eyes. Have you no shame? So we'll get into that audio for you as well. Uh, Also a big question out there this morning, and that is as the Twitter fallout does continue with the uh, big question about the FBI colluding with uh, Twitter, of course, to uh, censor conservative Americans. Did they violate the Constitution? One of my favorite constitutionalists, Jonathan Turley, will be... um, I'll be playing some audio from him as the morning continues here on Red Eye Radio. There is, again, a lot of um, people talking, especially on the left, about Donald Trump and his tax returns. Last night, it looked like, and and this came down as uh, I was on the air here on Red Eye, they said that Donald Trump's tax returns would be released midday, and I I assume that meant uh, midday at some point uh, yesterday now. However, it looks like they are now going to be uh, released on Friday. So we'll uh, talk about that as well. So there is just a lot going on. Appreciate, again, you being with us on Red Eye Radio. The phone number 866-90-RED-EYE. Title 42, probably the biggest story out there today. America has indeed been given a reprieve. The Supreme Court keeps Title 42 in place for now. 
Last night, we told you about the tens of thousands of illegals waiting to cross the uh, southern border once Title 42 was eliminated. But again, it stays for now. The Supreme Court agreed to hear oral arguments in February on whether the 19 GOP-led states should be allowed to intervene in defense of the policy in lower courts. A final decision is due by June. So this is clearly good news. But see, here's the thing. Thing is, we already have, as we told you last night, we already have record amounts of illegal aliens coming across our southern border. So things are already really bad. So it's not like all of a sudden we're putting up a wall. It's not like all of a sudden with Title 42 staying in place for now, it's not like all of a sudden all of this crap is going to stop. It's not. It's going to, of course, continue. Republican state officials, this is from the Daily Mail, Republican state officials have said, large increases in migrants would burden their states. This was part of the argument, giving them the right to intervene and argue on behalf of Title 42. And again, they won for now. Part of the Republicans' argument, and it's obviously a valid argument, no one reasonably disputes that the failure to grant a stay will cause a crisis of unprecedented proportions at the border. The filing says the idea that the states will not suffer substantial irreparable harm as a result of the imminent catastrophic uh, termination of Title 42 will obviously be an issue that the states will have to contend with. States led by Republican attorneys general of Arizona and Louisiana filed an emergency request last week after the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit turned down their request to intervene in the case to argue against its end. So we'll have to obviously see what happens. We know that the left is uh, apoplectic over this. Because they want as many illegal aliens in our country as possible. Everyone knows that. Uh, the Biden administration officials have repeatedly insisted that the federal government is ready for the end of Title 42. Of course, they're not. But Republicans and even some Democrats have claimed that President Joe Biden nor his advisors are actually grasping the full urgency of the situation. I think we all understand exactly what's going on with the Biden administration, basically by their own words. It is not that simple. It's not just that people are walking uh, across uh, across the border. Secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security. We have a secure border. And not just the border, because there's more important thing going on. So that is, of course, you all know, that's Corinne Jean-Pierre, Alejandro Mayorkas, Vice President Kamala Harris, President Biden, rogues gallery of what I would say border denialist and uh, disinformationist, a lot of them. Bill Malusian, who is doing amazing work covering the border for Fox News, tweeted this out. DHS statement, the border is not open. And we will continue to fully enforce our immigration laws. That is actually what the Department of Homeland Security tweeted out. This comes, of course, as October and November just saw the highest migrant encounters ever recorded for an October or November. And November, I shared these numbers with you last night. November saw at least 73,000 known gotaways in a single month. 
So I don't need to don't need to tell you the numbers because we did go through them last night. You know that they're awful. You listen to talk radio. You're an educated audience. You know how bad this is. Now, this is what I thought was interesting. Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, he didn't agree with the conservatives on the bench. He actually sided with uh, with the liberals. Here's what he said in his dissent. And this is a quote from my part. Again, Neil Gorsuch, for my part, I do not discount the state's concerns. Even the federal government acknowledges that the end of the Title 42 orders will likely have disruptive consequences. He continued in the dissent. But, he says, the current border crisis is not a COVID crisis. He says courts should not be in the business of perpetuating administrative edicts designed for one emergency only because elected officials have failed to address a different emergency. He wraps it up by saying we are a court of law, not policymakers of last resort. Neil Gorsuch, he's right. I mean, listen, I agree and I am glad the Title 42 remains in place for now. But you know what? Gorsuch, in his dissent, is absolutely right. Lawmakers in Washington, D.C., primarily the Democrats, but a lot of Republicans, too, they have failed at the border. They have failed in protecting our uh, sovereignty. So Gorsuch is correct in principle. Congress has failed. Our leaders have failed. Trump didn't fail. He had an absolute laser focus on the border. Biden, of course, we know that focus is just on keeping the border open and not really having much of a policy. Now, we can sit here and say that it's all about COVID, but you know that it's really not. I mean, let's be intellectually honest. I mean, the Republicans want to keep Title 42 in place because they don't want an abundance. They don't want even more illegal immigration. I'm right there with them. Whatever means necessary. But the problem we face is that, one, Democrats aren't going to allow the protection of our sovereignty. Now, is COVID still a big issue? Well, obviously, it, it, it is a big issue. I mean, we, we have... You know, I'm not saying that we need to go into lockdowns or masks or anything like that. But you know what? China's got yet another variant that'll end up coming here to America at some point, more than likely. COVID is still an issue. But the crux of this discussion is about border protection and our sovereignty, not about COVID. Now, to really drive that point home, I found some audio of a guy named Ron Vidiello. He's a former uh, U.S. Border Patrol chief, and he says he was on Fox News, and he says the Title 42 would not be an issue if Biden just followed the damn law. Title 42 would not be an issue if this administration followed the law. Mm -hmm. It is a federal crime to cross the border illegally and make a specious claim for asylum in the United States. They had tools when they took over this presidency with the migrant protection protocols that allowed people to have their due process, allowed them to have their asylum claims, but wait in Mexico instead. And because of that, we had 40-year lows in activity on our southwest border. This administration is flouting federal law. They refuse to prosecute. They refuse to put policies in place that they know will work and, in fact, tore down policies that were working. And now we're seeing it 
in real time. And the thing that one of the things that I get really frustrated over, obviously, is uh, a lack of a border policy, but also just the blatant lies. And I think that's part of why I think the American people are so angry with President Biden and the Biden administration when it comes to the issue of our border. Arizona was doing something that I thought was really smart. You know, they were using these these shipping containers, 3,000 shipping containers, spending, what, $95 million? And they were using these shipping containers to plug in holes in their border wall. Biden and his lawyers actually came in to shut it down, to dismantle it, to force... Arizona's governor to say, all right, we're, we're going to go ahead and dismantle this. And that is exactly what they did. Now, Biden and the Democrats, they say that they were concerned about the environmental impact of all of these shipping containers on the border. That's all BS and everybody knows it. But think about it this way. Even if you accept that President Biden was really concerned about the environmental impact of these shipping containers. He's more concerned with that than he is about the impact of millions of illegals streaming into our country. Now, in Arizona, which is where all this was taking place, you've got the sheriff, Mark Daniels, and, and he was talking about this lawsuit and the pressure from the Biden administration. He's pissed. President Biden, uh, DOJ has come forward and said and sued the state of Arizona for trying to protect the citizens of this state. And this intellectual avoidance with intended consequences, which is an open border by design by President Biden, by the leadership within Congress, has placed my citizens in my county at risk. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. Since January of this year till a week left here and this year, we've arrested close to 1,500 people been booked in my county jail for state-related border crimes, over 500 victims of felony crimes in my county. Yep. My 38 years of law enforcement, this is the worst I've ever seen it. Yeah, and of course, Biden, if you read up on the story, and you folks in Arizona certainly know this, Biden was supposed to help fill in these gaps of Arizona's border wall. But those promises, not surprisingly, have fallen through. And so whether you're in Texas, whether you're in Arizona, whether you're in California, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, every state these days, of course, as you know, it's not cliche. It's a sad fact. Every state in the union is clearly a border state. Now, coming up next, New York Post has a great editorial and they talk about how the Biden administration, because this was clearly, you know, Title 42 remaining in place uh, per the Supreme Court for now. This gives the Biden administration a massive opportunity. What is that opportunity? I've got the details straight ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. My name is Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. Electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Keep an eye out for the warning signs that may indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. The most obvious sign that a battery-related issue is present is if your truck has trouble cranking at the proper speed. If you experience any sluggishness when starting your engine, get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, you want to stay close because Jonathan Turley, my I'm, I'm such a nerd because I've got like a favorite constitutionalist. Jonathan Turley was on Fox News and uh, he was talking about the FBI and uh, they're colluding with Twitter. And did they violate the First Amendment of the Constitution? Going to hear from him coming up again after the bottom of the hour right now. Title 42 remains in place. And I uh, want to say hello to John in Reno, Nevada on Red Eye Radio. Hello, John. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, you know, with Title 42, with this reprieve we got, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Democrats even are getting tired of the open border situation. And I think sooner or later, Biden is going to have to realize this and change his policy. Uh, with the bus trips that Abbott and uh, the Florida governor have sent to New York, Chicago, Martha's Vineyard, uh, a lot of people have seen the futility of our situation where there's uh, unending supply of immigrants that want to come here and they don't have uh, the English skills uh, or the ability to work to get housing legally well, you know, John, in this well, country. Well, John, if I, if I may, you know, you say that um, there, there's Democrats out there that want to secure the border. They had the House for two years. They had the Senate for two years and they've got the White House. So... You say that, and, and you're right. There are some Democrats, mainly on the, uh, mainly in border counties in places like Texas, where you know they are the ones that are that are dealing directly with the illegal aliens. But I mean, your your standard Democrat in the House of Representatives, listen, if they wanted to do something about the border, they could have, and they didn't. I was talking about the Democrat constituency, not the politicians. Got it. Okay. Yeah, they're seeing how the new immigrants are getting shelter and housing and benefits that the citizens aren't getting. And in New York City, with the violence on the subways and on the streets, uh, it makes people wonder, why are we not providing for our own people who are causing all these problems instead of for the immigrants? And, John, you are absolutely right, and I appreciate uh, the call. You know, that's one of the reasons why when you had... Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre and some of these other folks on the left saying that Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis were sending these uh, busing, these illegals to Washington, D.C. and New York City and, and so forth. And they said, oh, it's just a political stunt. It drew attention to exactly what John was talking about, which is why is it that we're not taking care of our own issues here in America versus you know, taking care of these illegal aliens. By the way, from the New York Post, it's an editorial, and I love this. Basically what they're saying is that the Biden administration should use this time to figure out what to do about this disastrous border situation. It could, for example, this is a quote from the story, it could, for example, develop a plan for the countries that serve as major sources of illegal migration to help share the burden of stopping that illegal migration. They say, sure, Venezuela and Cuba are not likely to play ball, but the U.S. does have clout with Mexico, with Honduras, and other major contributors. Time to make sure that our political and economic muscle to actually protect and defend the national interest. I mean, that's what Donald Trump did, and that's what Donald Trump wanted to do. 
They say the U.S. also needs to send a clear signal that the border is not open. And having Corinne Jean-Pierre and other flacks call the patently true statement that it is open misinformation simply will not cut it. They say all a potential illegal immigrant has to do is log on to Facebook or see the pictures of people freely crossing the border. And they're absolutely right. And, and so when you look at everything that's been going on at the border and how it has been very meticulously covered by Fox News and talk radio, everyone knows that the Biden administration is lying, including future illegal aliens. We'll return next. Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as well. I host a radio show in Nashville, Tennessee, a morning show. On Super Talk, 99.7 WTN, 6 to 10 Eastern Time, 5 to 9 Central. Listen in if you would like. So the Twitter fallout continues. Now, yesterday, I gave you just all kinds of information on what the very latest is on Twitter and the collusion between the FBI, the federal government, the Biden administration and Twitter in doing whatever they could to discredit those that were anti-Anthony Fauci. And so this is a very big deal. And one of the things, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more, but one of the issues here that I find incredibly and epically sad and angrifying, if I can use that term, is that the mainstream media isn't really covering this. But we did talk about how the feds, they were heavily involved in the censorship of those who had views outside of the realm of Dr. Anthony Fauci. And so one of the things when we talk about all of this, when you talk about how Fauci was pro mask mandate, when you talk about how he was pro lockdown, when you talk about how he was pro vaccine mandate, there were others who were bullied and had their credibility destroyed, even though ultimately, and we talked about this last night, they were ultimately correct in their opposition to Dr. Anthony Fauci. We knew that then. We certainly know it now. But back when, they were censored. They were discredited. I told you about the Barrington Declaration, where they said, as Dr. Anthony Fauci was was advocating for the, uh, for the lockdowns, they were saying, no, the adverse effect of the lockdowns will be horrendous on the world, and we now know that they were. But what is next? How do we make sure that this censorship and this kind of thing doesn't happen again? Well, there is a lot of unanswered questions, like, for example, the relationship between the FBI and Twitter. And was Twitter actually working as what they're calling now an agent 
of the FBI, Jonathan Turley. He's a constitutionalist. He uh, he is a professor at, I believe, George Washington University. Really, really smart guy. Always on Fox News. This is what he had to say again about Twitter and the FBI. And was Twitter essentially working as an agent of the FBI? If they were, then you can legit say that the FBI, they were violating the First Amendment rights of Americans. Listen to Jonathan Turley. So one of the questions that we have is whether Twitter became an agent of the FBI for purposes of the First Amendment. That The First Amendment applies to the government, obviously, but it can also apply to agents of the government, people who are acting on the government's behalf. You now have the company itself saying, yeah, we did become an agent of the FBI. We were being directed by the FBI. And that makes things tougher for people who have really struggled to tell the public there's nothing to see. I mean, how many times have we been called conspiracy theorists? How many times have we been told that, as Jonathan Turley said, there's nothing to see here? Oh, the Republicans and the talk show hosts and the mainstream media, they all just laughed at us. Well, who's laughing now? And so you do have people on the left and in the mainstream media, as Jonathan Turley just said, they're treating this like it's no big deal, like we just need to move on and there's nothing to see here. And, and they feel like, the, the mainstream media, they feel like if they ignore the story, fewer people will see it and fewer people will know about it. And they, as in the mainstream media, won't be found guilty in the court of public opinion with their own culpability in all of this. Again, talking about the mainstream media. Now, remember that in the midst of all of this, as it was all going on, there was the situation with Dr. Anthony Fauci and Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, where they were talking about the narrative that they wanted to uh, put out there on Facebook. And, and Dr. Anthony Fauci was talking directly with Mark Zuckerberg. We also had the situation with the FBI and Twitter going on. So the mainstream media was doing the exact same thing as the FBI and Twitter or Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, whether it was accusing people who were leery of vaccines, who were leery of masks, and they were called, course, anti-science or wanting to kill people. Now, Jonathan Turley went on as he was talking to Fox News, and as he was speaking, he was calling out those uh, those who were calling out conservatives way back when, as they were calling conservatives conspiracy theorists. Here's more of what Jonathan Turley had to say. And one of the things that is most disturbing, quite frankly, is that when these files came out, the FBI attacked many of us who were raising free speech concerns and called all of us collectively conspiracy theorists spreading disinformation. It was highly inappropriate because the FBI has said that combating disinformation is one of its priorities. So it's a very menacing thing when you have the largest law enforcement agency attacking free speech advocates. Well, and, and think about this, too, as I was going back to the mainstream media. So you, you had Fauci and uh, the federal agencies working with various social media organizations and calling people, again, who were, just to say, anti-Fauci uh, thought, 
as conspiracy theorists, as wanting to kill people. Again, the mainstream media was doing the same thing. I mean, how many times were did you see in the New York Post, uh, I should say the, the New York Times or the Washington Post, you know, the same kind of attacks on people who were simply questioning whether lockdowns and mask mandates and vaccines were the proper thing? I mean, if you if you dared say, listen, I, I if I already had covid, then I've got naturalized immunity. You that is a basic scientific fact. And so for people to say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist and you're anti-science was just ridiculous. And you did see that on social media and in the mainstream media as well. So the, the same kind of treatment was going on with social media and the mainstream media as well. If you said the wrong thing, if you tweeted the wrong thing, according to Fauci. You know, you ask all of the inconvenient questions that you need to ask and you end up getting blacklisted and banned. Same thing, as I'm saying, with the mainstream media as well. I mean, look how they treated Joe Rogan. Remember that whole thing where he was talking about uh, taking, was it ivermectin? And they laughed at him. They called him a conspiracy theorist. They said that he was taking, what was it, horse paste or something to that extent? And it was the most ridiculous thing out there because he was saying that it was prescribed by a doctor. You had CNN, you had MSNBC, you had the mainstream media, the networks, even calling Joe Rogan the most dangerous man on the planet. So whether we're talking about the FBI, the mainstream media, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the the swampy science community... They were awfully loud in their criticisms of anyone going against their narrative, but they're awfully quiet right now, now that it's been proven that they were, in fact, lying. Cricket. It is complete silence. The media has another blackout on this story, just like the Hunter Biden laptop. Yep. They are just refusing to cover what are now confirmed uh, practices like shadow banning, like the censorship program in conjunction with the FBI, the fact that the FBI gave millions to Twitter to censor people. And yeah. all of that's been blacked out. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about how Elon Musk is the new Donald Trump, right? The media hated Donald Trump and they obsessed over him incessantly. I mean, they never stopped. Well, anybody who is against the the media or, you know, Joe Biden, the Democrats narrative, they go after them incessantly. Again, I'll I'll use that term again, because they do it at their own peril. Because here's what we know, is that as they go after Elon Musk, as they went after Donald Trump, as they go after conservatives, generally speaking, right now, it is to their own detriment. Because they blew their credibility. They reported things that simply were not true related to Donald Trump and their clear bias was showing. They also suppressed things that were true that was being reported or posted by conservatives that we now know was true. But they didn't care because it was anti their narrative. And so now with Elon Musk, it's the same thing. Talking about the Twitter censorship and Elon, of course, as you know, he is exposing all of this. 
you know, their Musk derangement syndrome is what I'm calling it, is showing by calling Elon names, by not giving any credence to his mission at all and not even acknowledging that Twitter and the FBI may have stepped, I would say did step, way over the line in this relationship. And that's what Jonathan Turley is trying to say, is that their criticisms were way, way loud. But their silence is not only deafening, but it also speaks volumes. What we've seen last few years are social media companies working closely, quite frankly, with many Democratic members, demanding censorship of everything from opposing views on climate change to election fraud uh, to many other subjects. The question is, at what point does that cooperation with the government violate the First Amendment? And it does if there is this agency relationship. Yeah, so that's sort of where this conversation regarding Twitter and FBI and the Biden administration, that's where this is going now. Because the more that you look into this relationship, it does look like, honestly, Twitter was like a subsidiary, if you will, of the FBI and I would say an extension of the Biden administration. Oh, but Jonathan Turley has a lot more to say. And what is next for Twitter? It's all straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mattis here. This is Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. They do return next week. And uh, talking about all the latest with uh, Twitter and the big fallout as uh, a lot of people are now now asking, very important people, by the way, asking the question about whether or not the FBI and uh, Twitter actually violated First Amendment free speech of Americans as they continued to censor people. And so I've been playing you audio of Jonathan Turley, and I I do find it interesting that he and so many others are asking this question. What I want to know is, will there ever be an answer? Because at least to me, you know, some knucklehead talk show host, it does seem like the um, FBI was treating Twitter almost like, uh, you know, a, a company they were working with is, you know, treating Twitter like a, an agency or a, a subsidiary. So now a lot of people have been saying, well, Twitter is a private company and, you know, you can keep your First Amendment right to free speech. But, you know, they don't have to tolerate your ignorant opinions on their platform. You hear that all the time from people on the left. But they do. If these social media companies are supposed to be a platform as opposed to a publication, here's one more audio bite from Jonathan Turley, my favorite constitutionalist. Now, what's interesting Mm -hmm. about Elon Musk has done, and he has done a great service to this country, in my view, by releasing this information, he's confirmed that the FBI paid social media companies to help them deal with what they call disinformation, which most of us call censorship, but also that they were in continual communication, as were other agencies, 
targeting specific citizens and specific posters to be banned or suspended, that really does smack of an agency relationship, and that could violate the First Amendment. Yeah, it very well could violate the First Amendment. So then, of course, the question is, there's a number of questions. Number one is, you know, that this whole thing would all be solved and, and the controversy would all be solved theoretically if Twitter would just admit what everyone knows is the truth. Is that they're not a platform like they're supposed to be. They are a publication, which is how they have been acting all these uh, many years. Now, you know all about the debate between whether or not social media is a platform or a publication. If they're a platform, then by and large, pretty much anything goes on these social media sites. But if they're a publication, then guess what? They need to be held accountable for what they post and what they decide to censor. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. Appreciate you being here. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. You can follow me there. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram as well. And I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk, 99.7 WTN. You can find out more information there at 99.7 WTN. Dot com. There is a lot going on. Southwest Airlines, just very quickly. I don't know what in the world is going on with Southwest Airlines, but somehow now the government thinks that uh, they uh, are coming to the rescue. We'll have to see what happens. But they have they have left thousands and thousands and thousands of people stranded all across the country. Congress uh, says they may indeed get involved. I'm going to tell you more on that story straight ahead. By the way. I don't know if you saw this, but you remember a couple of years ago when Texas was in the midst of a massive ice storm and the grid was down. It was really awful. And you had Ted Cruz who tried to go off on some sort of a vacation to, you know, some sort of beachy resort when all of that was going on in his state of Texas. And you had the left. I mean, they lost their ever-loving minds over Ted Cruz. They caught up to him at the airport. They shamed him. He had to come back. It was awful. But the media really went after Ted Cruz. Joe Biden with, I mean, Buffalo is under many feet of snow. We've got uh, more snow coming in some places across America, by the way. There is a lot going on weather-wise. The president is headed to the U.S. Virgin Islands to ring in the new year, while America reels from catastrophic winter storm that has so far killed 70 
and the president is off to St. Croix. I, I wonder if uh, there's any worry that uh, Air Force One will end up, you know, being delayed, like all of those flights that, uh, you know, Southwest Airlines has been delaying. I, I, I doubt it. But people are saying this is terrible optics. And I will tell you, it is a terrible optics. But here's my thing. This exposes two things. Number one, it exposes the president and his team not understanding how bad these optics look. As we are dealing with and reeling from these catastrophic winter storms with all of this snow, horrible, horrible stories of people freezing to death in their cars. And all these people that are stranded all across the country because of Southwest Airlines and the president jumps on his airplane, Air Force One, and just goes on out to St. Croix for a beachy, sunny vacation. And so, yeah, I will tell you that is horrible optics. That's number one. But number two, what it exposes, because let's just be honest. Joe Biden and the Democrats, they don't care about optics. They really don't. Because for Joe Biden, this is a guy who does whatever he can to go off back to Delaware as often as he possibly can. And the optics there are also terrible. But it's nowhere near going to the Virgin Islands as America is dealing with catastrophic winter storms. But the Biden administration and Joe Biden and and Biden insiders know that media won't really cover this. I mean, I got this from the Daily Mail. But will you have reporters, you know, jetting off to uh, the St. Croix Airport or wherever the president will be landing and asking him what he thinks about the optics? More than likely not. They say that the president will be on the beach as the country faces more storm warnings. And, of course, we all know what's going on with Title 42 and everything else that is going on in this country. The uh, president decides he's going to go off to the Virgin Islands. Now, let's talk about this dude, George Santos. Now, yesterday we talked about this, and um, it's a crazy story about how much this guy lied on the campaign trail. The curious saga of George Santos continues. He he did lie, it would appear, to get into office. The question now is this. Should he be removed from office? Well, that's ultimately up to Congress and basically the Republicans. Now, you know that he ran in New York's 3rd Congressional District, by the way, I really don't like to do this, but I'm going to ask a talk show hosty question of you, the listening audience to Red Eye Radio. What would you do if George Santos was your congressman, your incoming congressman, and you found out that he had absolutely lied his you-know-what off to get into office? Now, I will tell you, I'm going to run through some of the lies that he has told. I I did go over this last night as well, but I want to know. You know, if you if you live in his uh, third congressional district in New York, it's Long Island and parts of Queens. What do you think about this? I mean, I do understand that you voted for George Santos because of the issues. You may not have necessarily voted for, you know, his resume. 
you voted for the things that he said about the issues, you assume that nobody running for Congress would actually lie so much and so passionately about his resume and his past. But he did. Here's what he said. He said that he graduated from some high in college when in reality he never did. He claimed to work for Goldman Sachs and Citigroup when he never did. The question of, is he Jewish? He told, and by the way, he admitted to the New York Post that he, he lied about a lot of these things. Or he embellished. He wasn't fully truthful. But that was one of the big questions. Is he Jewish? He's sort of, you know, back and forth on this. He told the New York Post that he is, quote, clearly Catholic. But he also claimed that his grandmother told him stories of escaping the Nazis in World War II. So he basically has said that, yes, he is Catholic, but he has a Jewish background. He's also been accused, by the way, of lying about his sexual orientation. He was married to a woman until right before he launched a campaign back in 2020, which he lost. But he was married to a woman right up until a couple of years ago. Now he says that he's gay and he's married to a guy. Now, let's be honest. I mean, these days, who knows what anybody wants or is. I mean, everybody can pretty much do whatever they want. But he does admit he was married to a woman. Now he is happily married, he says, to a guy. He also, by the way, claimed to own 13 properties. He actually lives with his sister. So George Santos, as he was out on the campaign trail, he told lie after lie after lie. Now, part of what's in the news cycle today is that he was on with Tulsi Gabbard, who I guess was filling in for Tucker Carlson, and he was on with her, and she let him have it. And I'm going to play you some of this audio, and I think that he was well-intentioned to come on to a Tucker show hosted by Tulsi Gabbard to try to set the record straight. But in reality, he didn't do himself any favors. Lies that you've told, not just one little lie or one little embellishment. These are blatant lies. My question is, do you have no shame? Wow. Do you have no shame in the people well, who are now you're asking to trust you to go and be their voice for them, their families and their kids in Washington? Tulsi, I can say the same thing about the Democrats and, and the party. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been lying to the American people for 40 years. He's the president of the United States. Democrats resoundly support him. Do they have no shame? Now, he's got a right. He, he's got a point there. He's He is right when they talk about Joe Biden. I mean, I can sit here for an entire hour and tell you about the lies of lying Biden about the lies that he's told about himself and his family, you know, saying that he was part of the civil rights movement when he wasn't, saying that firefighters almost died battling his house fire way back when. That never actually happened. He said that he got arrested trying to visit Nelson Mandela. So he's got a point when he says that, yes, Joe Biden has told a boatload of lies. And he gets away with it. I mean, his uh, presidential campaign way back when was torpedoed because of plagiarism. 
So I will say this, I mean, point George Santos from that standpoint, but my question to that is, we have to be better as Republicans, right? I mean, as conservatives, we have to be better. And if I spend any time blasting Biden for his lies, and trust me, I have, then I have to give Santos the same treatment. Now, one of the big questions, as I just mentioned, is, are you really Jewish? And this is what she asked. We've got a letter that your campaign sent out earlier this year, which reads as follows. As a proud American Jew, I've been to Israel numerous times for educational, business, and leisurely trips. You said there in that letter that you are, quote, a proud American Jew. How do you how do you explain that? My heritage is Jewish. I've always identified as Jewish. I was raised a practicing Catholic. I think I've gone through this. Even I've not not being raised a practicing Jew. I've always joked with friends and circles, even with in the campaign. I'd say, guys, I'm Jewish. Remember, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, he, he, he says, uh, you know, I identify as Jewish or whatever it is. You know, these days, and I, I talked about this earlier, mentioned this earlier, these days you can't identify as anything that you want. I mean, you can identify as multiple genders. You can identify as no gender at all. So if he wants to say that he identifies as Jewish, I mean, whatever. But guess what? Actual Jewish folks that are Republican disagree. The Republican Jewish Coalition says he actually deceived the organization and misrepresented his heritage and that he is no longer welcome at their events. So this is going to have real-world consequences for the people that he is possibly going to be uh, serving there in the 3rd Congressional District in New York. He says that rest assured, George Santos says that rest assured, he can do his job when he gets to Washington, D.C. Listen to this. Look, I understand everybody wants to nitpick at me. I'm going to reassure this once and for all. I'm not a facade. I'm not a persona. I I have an extensive career that I worked really hard to achieve. And I'm going to deliver from my experience because I remain committed in delivering results for the American people. I campaigned on inflation. I campaigned on crime. I campaigned on education. I campaigned on delivering resolve for the American people. That's what the people of the 3rd Congressional District heard me on and on as I campaigned. Now it's going to be incumbent upon me to deliver on those results. To deliver on those promises. So the question is this. He's saying all the right things about policy. He is talking about illegal immigration. He's talking about inflation. He's discussing all of the things that he mentioned on the campaign trail. When it comes to the promises that he made to the people in that district, he can still fulfill those promises. But the question is, can you trust George Santos? And if George Santos was your representative... What would you want him to do? What would you want leadership to do? Because it's really up to them as to how they handle this situation. And by the way, it looks like the Republican leadership actually knew about some of these lies, and yet they stood silently by. So what would you do if Santos was your guy? The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. By the way... There's one more audio bite that I'm going to play for you. This epic battle between Tulsi Gabbard in for 
Tucker Carlson and George Santos. One more audio bite that I want to play for you. And what will the Republicans more than likely do when they go into uh, the House of Representatives in January related to George Santos? It's all straight ahead on Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis here. This is Red Eye Radio. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. Before you even head out onto slippery roads or snowy conditions, you need to make sure your vehicle is ready to go. Some equipment is especially important when driving in winter. Ensure that the heater and defroster are working properly and that all exhaust system connections are secure. A loose connection could cause carbon monoxide to leak into the vehicle. Check to see that the cooling system is full and there is enough antifreeze. It's recommended that you use an antifreeze that is rated for negative 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Confirm that all lights are working properly and that they're clear of snow, ice, and dirt. Check to make sure the wiper blades are in good condition and that you have enough washer fluid in the reservoir. It's also important to use washer fluid that is rated for cold temperatures. Finally, Check that battery cables are firmly connected and are not corroded. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Eight six six ninety red eye. Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric on Red Eye Radio. Appreciate you listening. One final piece of audio from this um, beleaguered George Santos. He is uh, incoming congressman for the third congressional district in New York, and I was telling about all the lies that he told out on the campaign trail uh, about his past. And one of the things that he said is that he worked for Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. And he says he admitted to the New York Post that he embellished his resume. And, you know, one would say, well, you embellished. Is that another word for a lie? And so he and Tulsi Gabbard really got into it on Fox News last night. No, it's not false at all. It's it's debatable. I can I can sit down and explain to you what you can do in private equity, in in capital intro, via servicing limited partners and general partners. And we can have this discussion that's going to go way above the American people's head. But that's not what I campaigned on. I campaigned on delivering results wow. for the American people by, by lowering inflation. I can sit down. And if you want to have that discussion, I'd be glad to, Tulsi, to explain that to you mm-hmm. and make Congress sure that we, we, we settle the score. That this is not about settling scores, and I think you just you just kind of highlighted I think my concern, the concern that people at home have. You're saying that this discussion will go way above the heads of the American people, basically insulting their intelligence. So not only are you now that's backtracking not, that's not on what these I'm lies saying. that I, you've told, but, but you're see, saying that, that you can't explain it saying. in a way that your constituents would actually be able to understand. I can explain it in a way if, you give, me, if you give me the time, I can easily give the, if you give me the time, I can easily <laughs> explain it for you. <laughs> oh man. Democrats, of course, now calling for the congressman elect to resign or be ousted. Now, can I just say for the Democrats, this is none of your damn business. 
I mean, this, this is a family squabble with the Republicans. Democrats, this is none of your damn business because Joe Biden has been lying, as I pointed out in the previous segment. Joe Biden has been lying for years. So the Republicans have to figure out what they're going to do. And uh, I, I asked a question. It's, again, something I don't like to necessarily do, a talk show hosty question. That question is, what would you do if George Santos was your incoming congressperson? Do you care? Because he campaigned on the issues. This is what he's saying. He campaigned on the issues and not necessarily his resume. But as I said last night, does character matter? And is this a situation that for you, you would ask the Republican Party, you know what? You need to make other arrangements. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, coming up next, what exactly did the Republican Party know about George Santos and these lies? And what are the options that they have? Details straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. are open 1-866-907-3339 866-90-RED-EYE now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley here is Dan Mandis appreciate you listening you can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis show Facebook page you can follow me there you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well. The curious case of George Santos lies that you've told not just one little lie or one little embellishment these are blatant lies my question is do you have no shame i mean that is tulsi gabbard and i've been playing you audio from this i don't know it it felt like it was a train wreck but these are questions that george santos has got to answer now again as i mentioned right before the break democrats are calling for him to be ousted you've got democrat uh, representatives joaquin castro ted lieu Uh, Castro of Texas, Ted Lieu of California, among those calling on Santos to resign after acknowledging that he, quote, embellished his resume. And they're saying that he does need to resign. And if he refuses, the House of Representatives needs to expel him. Now, again, what I mentioned previously is the Democrats, they need to mind their own business because Republicans have been saying this about Joe Biden and his lies for years now. Uh, Castro himself uh, calling for for Santos to be investigated by authorities and argue that if the New York Republican is allowed to serve in Congress after lying about his resume, there will be more who seek office up and down the ballot who will believe that they can completely fabricate credentials, personal features and accomplishments to win office. You know what I would say? Is, and by the way, I, I will agree with uh, Joaquin Castro and uh, Ted Lieu. But, you know, where were they? Where was the media? Where were the Democrats when the um, when the when the campaign was going on? Because that really was the time to fact check who George Santos really was. I mean, now they figure out that he was lying after the election. 
Democratic Representative Dan Goldman of New York, a former federal prosecutor, calling Santos a total fraud, criticizing House Republicans, saying Congress has an obligation to hold George Santos accountable. But it is sadly clear that we cannot trust House Republicans to initiate an investigation in the House Ethics Committee. But again, I mean, I I could... I could go on and on, and some days I do, about Biden's lies. And so I think this is something the Republicans need to figure out what to do. Now, they say that um, Robert Zimmerman, the guy that uh, Santos defeated in November, the Democrat, is now challenging him to a special election rematch. Now, Santos is saying that he's not going to do any of this. He is saying that he is going to uh, proudly serve the people of the third. It is unlikely House Republican leadership will refuse to seat Santos, who is scheduled to be sworn in with the rest of the new members of Congress next Tuesday. The House has the power under the Constitution to expel any member with a two-thirds vote. I don't believe they'll get that two-thirds. By the way, uh, they say besides making a referral to the House Ethics Committee, other potential options for dealing with Santos include not giving him any committee assignments. That would be up to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. And of course, one of the big questions is because GOP leadership knew some of those lies already. Part of the question is how much did they know? My question to you, what would you do if George Santos was your incoming representative? Would you want him to step aside? Would you want the Republicans to expel him? Uh, the phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. Got a lot more coming up, but Sarah has called. She is in Florida, and she is on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Sarah. Hello. I think you're so wonderful, Dan, and I look forward to you filling in always. Well, I do. You. I'm a I'm a Jewish woman, and I would vote again for Santos. I moved out of Long Island, ironically, and I live in Florida, which was a lucky move for me. But you know, uh, they all lie. They're, these politicians, they all have a little fib, and they all have a little of uh, attitude that they cover up. And this Hakeem Jeffries who was appointed to be a, a leader of the Democrat parties, hmm. is a, 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 an anti-Semite. He's, he's friends with Farrakhan and all of these questionable people. Nobody questions this Tulsi Gabbard. I've heard she's a little bit of a political phony. Why didn't she bring in Hakeem Jeffries? Not that he would show up, but she, she, she goes with the wind, too. I'd like to bring that up. And as a Jew, I love the Italian people, the Latin people. We all love good family, good food, and we're all good-spirited. And, uh, okay, so he told a few fibs to get ahead. They all do. It's a typical political attitude. Yeah, you know, know, Sarah, what I would say, and thank you, by the way, Sarah, thank you very much for the call. One of the things that I, I would say, and it's right down line with what you're saying, is... Okay, so George Santos got caught in the lies. But here's the thing is that and I I realize, by the way, friends, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. He is the politician that got caught. However, can you trust him to say and do the right thing when he is in the House of Representatives? And I appreciate the kind words, Sarah. George is in Tallahassee, Florida on Red Eye Radio. Hello, George. What do you think? Uh, this is Greg. Oh, okay, go ahead, Greg. 
I have two words for uh, Mr. Santos. Mike Pence. Sadly, in 2022, this was an election about character. And you had to deal with, will Atlanta get its all-star game back now that uh, Stacey Abrams not only lost, but her claims of Jim Crow 2.0 were proven untrue. Correct. And sadly, you also had uh, Governor DeSantos and the Don't Say Gay, which turned out to be a lie. And let's not forget about all the uh, kabuki dance following the Dobbs versus Women's Health decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he cannot be allowed to be seated because... Uh, I'm still wondering when someone is going to investigate the claims of Christian Walker, since no one even remembers a policy position of tenant candidate Herschel Walker, because all anyone remembers is uh, pressuring women to do an abortion. Right. That had nothing to do with his policy. All right, Greg, thank you very much for the call. I I appreciate it. You know, I'm listening to to Greg and... uh, all of these uh, comments that he's making and all of these things that he's bringing up, I think that there is a, a very strong contingent to folks in America who they look at a, a situation like George Santos. And I think that we're all just so incredibly cynical about our politicians today. But you know what? When I use the word cynical, I could also say that we're realistic about who these people are. It's almost like we expect them now to lie to us. I mean, when he mentioned, Greg mentioned, and it's a great example, Stacey Abrams. And by the way, it wasn't only Stacey Abrams. It was Joe Biden, and it also was uh, Kamala Harris. When they said, oh, my God, you know, Georgia, and they want to change the election laws, and it's voter suppression, and it's Jim Crow 2.0, and it was all B.S., and so when, you know, he, he brought all that up, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could go down the line. Well, I mean, look at um, look at Corinne Jean-Pierre, look at uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, look at Kamala Harris. When they talk about how the, the border is secure and the border is safe and the border is closed. B.S. They absolutely lie to our faces. And so now you're going to tell me, Democrats, you're going to get all sanctimonious about, you know, this guy, uh, uh, George Santos, lying on his resume, embellishing on his resume? Now, two wrongs certainly don't make a right. And George Santos was absolutely wrong with what he did. But don't sit here and get all high and mighty on the truth, Democrats. You all have perfected the lie along with your partners in the mainstream media. So this is something that the Republicans need to deal with, and they'll figure it out. But if you want to start talking about who's telling the bigger lies and which party tells the most lies and lies on what scale, don't even get me started. Damn Democrats. Let's see here. Jerome is in Charleston, South Carolina on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Jerome. Uh, Jerome. Hello, Dan. How are you, Dan? I'm 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 a little hacked off, but that's <laughs> that's OK. Go ahead. You, hey, so am I. So am I. George 
Santos, Brazilian, Latin, Jewish, uh, a, dim, uh, a Republican, graduated. With, where, where did all that money he got to his campaign come from, uh, Dan? Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? The Republican Party, they're the party of lies now. You know, they can't point fingers at Whoa, 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 Jerome. Hold on, Jerome. Hold on, Jerome. Hold on, Jerome. Hold on, man. So uh, I'm. we agree that George Santos, uh, and you bring up a great point about the donations to George Santos. But I, I'm, I'm not going to allow you to sit here and say that the well, first of all, I think we can all agree that both political parties lie. And I think we can all agree that that most, if not all, politicians lie and obfuscate. But I, you're not going to get away with saying the Republican Party is the party of lies when I just uh, documented at least two or three or four or five different lies from very prominent Democrats Notably, Joe Biden and uh, also uh, uh, Joe Biden, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, the the press person yeah. for the for the president. So you Are can't you sit here. For him? No, Are making, you making excuses for him. Making you excuses for oh, Jerome, hey, Jerome, Jerome. Were, oh, for yeah, the love of Pete, yeah. Jerome. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you if you're going to sit here and try yeah. and talk over me. So uh, you you tell me. You've got Corinne Jean-Pierre, you've got Joe Biden, you've got uh, you've got Alejandro Mayorkas, you've got all these people in Georgia screaming about uh, Jim Crow 2.0. You you can't tell me that they were telling the truth, Jerome. Those are some very high impact lies and accusations. Go. Let me ask you this: if he was a if he was a cop, if he was a pilot. Uh, if he was a doctor in a very, very, very important position, do you think he should keep his job? Well, it depends uh, on it depends on what we're talking about. Military, if you're talking about if he was in the military, was he uh, at a very, very, very highly sensitive position? Do you think he should keep his job? Uh, it, it, Jerome, it depends on the lie, and it depends on your no, your apples and no, oranges. No. N- yeah, if it's on, if it, Jerome, hey Jerome, if he was if he was a pilot, Jerome, if he was a pilot and he was lying about his experience, he should not keep his job. If he was a police right. officer and he was uh, lying about his experience and and things that it may have happened in his past, he should not keep his job. If he's a you know a, a bagger at a, 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 a grocery store or whatever, of course, if it's a doctor and he's lying about his yeah. past, of course, he should not keep his job. Now, why so don't you answer now, now, Jerome? Now, Jerome, you listen to me. You answer my questions. Do you say that uh, the the lies of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Corinne Jean-Pierre and and all the folks in Florida who were saying that uh, it was Jim Crow 2.0 when clearly it was not, uh, should they keep their jobs? Should they not be held accountable, Jerome? Are you going to excuse their lies? They They should be held accountable, but they're not the ones going around, running around saying, well, I'm Jewish and I'm gay. And I'm this, and I'm that. Well, the the guy yeah, is a, the, the guy the guy. Uh, I'm done with you, Jerome. <laughs> First of all, the guy is apparently uh, gay. I mean, these days, the Lord knows, you know how people identify, what they're attracted to, and just whatever. I'm not going to get into that. But uh, Jerome, I think that y- you need a little guidance, my friend. It's uh, Red Eye Radio.
Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. I want to say hello very quickly to Jane in New York. Jane, thanks for calling Red Eye Radio. Go ahead. Yes. Um, yeah, I think what we have to do, the gentleman who has admitted that he did not tell the truth on some things, I think um, in some ways I think we have to give him credit. And um, I, it, I think it was a brave thing to do and see where he goes from there. I, I don't think it's as though none of us have ever lied. I think we probably have or fudged on an application. I know I did when I was 21. Right. And, um, and I, think, I think give him some credit for coming forward. I mean, certainly. Well, I, what, what I would say, Jane, I, I do appreciate the call. Um, he didn't come forward willingly. I will say that. I mean, there was nowhere for him to go. He had no other move. He had to come out and come clean, which he kind of, sort of did. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. Thank you very much for joining us here on Red Eye Radio. Gary and Eric returning next week. Phone number remains the same, 866-90-RED-EYE. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandy Show Facebook page. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. All three at Dan Mandy Show. A lot of news, especially people seem interested in the question that I asked earlier in the broadcast, which is, what would you do if George Santos was your incoming representative. And, you know, in the last hour, sort of evolved into, well, no, your party lies more than my party. And, you know, here's the deal, is that I think that we are so cynical, but in reality, it is a reality that we just expect so little of our politicians these days. I mean, we could go down the list of all of the lies that all of the politicians have told over the years, I mean, you know, we had uh, Richard Blumenthal, the the guy out of Senator, I believe, out of Connecticut, right, who lied about his military service. And so, you know, we could go down the road of Elizabeth Warren. She said that uh, she had a Native American in her heritage. That was also untrue. We could talk about all of the policies that the uh, American people are, are told. Well, no, this is going to this is going to balance the budget. This is going to cut spending when in 
reality, it doesn't do any such thing. I mean, you know, you you could talk about uh, any policy that, frankly, the Democrats bring to the table that has some semblance of a lie. You know, the Reduce Inflation Act. Remember that whole nonsense when it was nothing more than a spending bill and it was all about climate change and the rest of that nonsense? And you had people in Washington, D.C., and even members of the media they said, no, the, the, the Inflation Reduction Act is not going to reduce inflation. Yet, you know what? They continue with that lie to this day. And so I think that there are so many people who are looking at George Santos, this guy who told so many lies about his background and his history and his experience. And I think a lot of people look at that and they say, well, here's a shock, another lying politician. And I believe while a lot of people would say the American people are so cynical about their politicians, in reality, we are just, you know, dealing with and responding to the reality that is a lot of lying politicians. And they'll lie right to your face. Stacey Abrams, you know, how many times do we have to bring up her lie and the the lies of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the rest of these numbskulls when they say that – you know, the, the Georgia, the Georgia voting laws, when the Republicans changed those laws, that it was Jim Crow 2.0. I mean, we, we've, we've spoken about all of these things. But it is something that a lot of people have been not only discussing, but, you know, there's a lot of strategizing going on right now within the Republican Party because uh, George Santos is a guy that has been uh, openly supportive of Kevin McCarthy. Well, Kevin McCarthy is in a struggle right now to find the vote, find the votes to become the uh, official majority leader for the Republicans in the House of Representatives. George Santos has come out and he has openly supported Kevin McCarthy. And so there's just a lot of uh, dynamics that uh, are going on right now within the Republican Party. So I'll continue to take uh, your calls on that story for you. Also, uh, we talked about what's going on with the Twitter files and in the fallout there. And I was playing you earlier some audio from uh, Jonathan Turley, who is my favorite constitutionalist. And a lot of people are asking the question. The question is, okay, so... If the FBI and the Biden administration, and we talked about this yesterday, if they did, and they did, collude to censor Americans on anything from, you know, COVID to uh, voting laws and rules and regulations and stolen elections and all of the things that we've been discussing that were censored, did that actually violate the First Amendment free speech rights of the people on Twitter? Because as Jonathan Turley points out, listen, if the FBI was working as uh, if Twitter was working as uh, really an agency of the FBI, a subsidiary of the FBI, then yes, you could say that the FBI actually did violate the First Amendment free speech rights of the Americans that were censored. This is Jonathan Turley on Fox News. So one of the questions that we have is whether Twitter became an agent of the FBI for purposes of the First Amendment. That The First Amendment applies to the government, obviously, but it can also apply to agents of the government, people who are acting on the government's behalf. You now have the company itself saying, yeah, we did become an agent of the FBI. We were 
being directed by the FBI. And that makes things tougher for people who have really struggled to tell the public there's nothing to see. Yeah, and, and when he says, I mean, right there, he, there's so many different avenues you could go down. The Hunter Biden article from the New York Post. You can talk about, um, you know, the suspicions regarding uh, stolen elections and uh, voter fraud and, and all ballot harvesting. A lot of these things, you know, whether they were true or not, and a lot of these accusations were actually true. But if you try to post it on your social media, then you are eviscerated as an election denier. I mean, look at what's going on in Arizona with Carrie Lake, where you actually have ballot machines that were, I mean, I don't know the right way to say this, whether they were broken, whether they were programmed incorrectly. But the bottom line is that it looks really, really suspicious what happened in Maricopa County. But if you tweet about it, if you put it on Facebook, then you're going to be censored or you're going to be branded as some sort of an election denier. When in reality, no, you're just looking at this, the videos that are out there that show these machines not working the way that they're supposed to. And some ballot workers saying, well, you know, just go ahead and give me your ballot. We'll put it in this box and we'll be sure to count that later. And you're like, really? You know, I hate to sound like a 90-year-old man, but we could put a man on the moon, but we can't do this? We can't figure out how to have, you know, ballot machines that are able to, you know, count the ballots appropriately? I mean, are you kidding me? It's like we do this every couple of years. Have your crap together, Maricopa County. But see, these these are the things where there are truth to these suspicions. Yet you're called a an election denier or a conspiracy theorist. And so when Jonathan Turley, when he's talking about the FBI and the FBI working with Twitter and Twitter being an agent of the FBI, there are some very serious ramifications to all of this. And and yeah, it is stunning that so many media outlets are refusing to cover this whole saga. But as I mentioned previously, You know, they're treating this like it's no big deal and we just need to move on because they themselves, the mainstream media, they are culpable in all of this. They feel like if they ignore the story, fewer people will see it, fewer people will know about it, and they won't be found guilty in the court of public opinion with their own, again, culpability in all of this because they are most certainly part of the problem. While the FBI is dealing with Twitter, you also have the mainstream media also going after the people who are simply speaking a truth or their truth or the truth, even though that truth may be inconvenient. Because remember that with all of this going on with Dr. Anthony Fauci, which is what we spoke about yesterday, Dr. Anthony Fauci and Facebook, They were also engaged with Mark Zuckerberg and uh, the FBI and Twitter. All of these uh, entities were engaged in, in this circle of lies and this circle of censorship. Fauci working with Facebook. You had the FBI working with Twitter. I mean, all of these things were going on at the same time that the mainstream media was doing the same exact thing. Whether it was accusing people who were leery of vaccines and masks as anti-science or wanting to kill people. 
you know, a guy called up in the last hour and, and, and he we we're talking about and debating, you know, which side lies the most. Remember about the mainstream media when they were trying to sell the American people on the, the Republicans in Georgia changing the election laws. And you had Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris saying this is Jim Crow 2.0 when it was clearly, clearly not. So when you put what George Santos did in the context of the lies that we see on both sides of the aisle, but especially right now with Democrats and the media, his lies really don't look all that serious. And please understand that I do believe that his lies are serious, but I mean, it feels like we are just surrounded by lies. And the people that are telling the truth are the ones that are being censored. Isn't that crazy? Jonathan Turley went on to tell Fox News that you still, right now, have people calling those of us covering all of this as conspiracy theorists. And one of the things that is most disturbing, quite frankly, is that when these files came out, the FBI attacked many of us who were raising free speech concerns and called all of us collectively, conspiracy theorists spreading disinformation. It was highly inappropriate because the FBI has said that combating disinformation is one of its priorities. So it's a very menacing thing when you have the largest law enforcement agency attacking free speech advocates. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Want to say hello to Ray's been holding for a minute. Newcastle, Delaware on Red Eye Radio. Thanks for calling, Ray. Hey, bud. I have been holding for a minute. Hey, uh, get right to the point. Who do we blame for all this? Our forefathers, God bless them, they had a great idea. However, they made one huge mistake. And that was two words, term limit. We live in a country where, honestly, anybody that runs may the best liar win. <laughs> and I think, if, I think if our guy, I'm going to just assume that you voted for the same guy I did for president, and we lost. However, if our guy was a better liar, we might be on top right now. We might not be going through this stuff. Ray, I appreciate the call. Yeah, and, and I and I get it, and I appreciate the call. I, I mean, look, I would never advocate for people to lie. Uh, what I would say about term limits is it seems to me we do have term limits every couple of years if it's uh, the House, um, every four years for the presidency. But, you know, the people decide who they want to represent them. And if people are happy with their representative, then, okay, if the people are happy, then they should go out and they should vote. If they're not, well, then they should go out and vote. So to me, it's a sticky wicket on term limits because I I do feel like it should ultimately be up to the voters to decide. But I also get his point. I mean, I really do. What the hell is wrong with people in San Francisco, for example? Voting over and over for Nancy Pelosi. The hell is wrong with the American people with all of the problems that we face in America today in the midterm elections? They still. They still voted to give the Democrats power in the Senate. It is so incredibly frustrating. So when it comes to term limits, I don't necessarily agree, but trust me when I say I get it. 
866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Well, it looks like the uh, CEO of Southwest Airlines is uh, speaking out now. You know that the the absolute catastrophic meltdown of Southwest Airlines has um, really stranded thousands of people across the country. What he has to say and what Pete Buttigieg has to say, of course, I always laugh when I think the uh, federal government is coming to the rescue. But what Pete Buttigieg has to say and what the CEO has to say about Southwest Airlines is coming up soon here on Red Eye Radio. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. want to say hello to Nelson calling from Ohio on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Nelson. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Um, listen, this, this, um, this issue with Santos, there's a very, very simple solution that, that what the Republicans ought to do is um, convene Congress and um, and allow the ethics committee to go in and negotiate with Santos um, a contingent uh, um, uh, solution where he would he would resign. So they would say, okay, contingent upon what? Well, then they say contingent upon what the Democrats do. If the Democrats believe that um, that Adam Schiff ought to resign, also based on the evidence or lies on whatsoever that he's presented uh, right there. Um, in the intelligence uh, committee and just oh, yeah. bring the evidence and say if you either vote him out or he resigns and then Santos is gone. If not, end the story. We're done with it. That's a great point, Nelson. That's a great point. I appreciate uh, the call. I mean, Adam Schiff, I mean, they're still scraping the walls off the studio when I would be on the air and he would find a microphone, he would find a television camera and he would, as it turned out, he would consistently lie about what was going on with uh, the Mueller investigation. And so, you know, again, this this whole concept of, oh, this guy Santos, he's got to be you know drummed out of the House of Representatives because uh, he lied. It's like, really? Because if you want to start, as I said in the previous segment, if you want to start comparing lies, uh, we certainly can, because there has been an abundance of of lies on the left. And uh, so I'm not saying that what George Santos did was right. I'm certainly not. But spare me, the Democrats, spare me with your righteous indignation. Wally is in Lake Worth, Florida on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Wally, how are you? I'm pretty good, Dan. You're doing a hell of a job. I think we should clone you and all the other people that are fighting for the truth. And, uh, you know, they, they use the word awakening. We're in the biggest fight. Yeah. We're, in a, we're in a fight that a lot of people, I don't know about the percentage, but we're in a fight that a lot of people don't realize uh, what's happening. You do. You're spreading, you're spreading information. You're, you're educating people. And there's so many people like you here. And um, I left Canada uh, two two years ago, because mm-hmm. we don't have uh, an opposition, a media, uh, I got fed up. And uh, you're doing it. Uh, all I can say is I, I was listening to you talk to Jerome, and I heard what you were trying to do, and it didn't work. And that's what we got to fix. 
the people that see that you can't, lying is on both sides. Lying has to be wiped out, not the, not not the the person or the side. Uh, You see it, you see it. I don't have to explain it to you. Exactly. Um, I'm going to. How how do you, Wally? Let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Wally. How do you like life here as opposed to Canada? A thousand percent. Um, Best best decision I ever made. Uh, I'm legal. I'm retired. I come down here. I got DeSantis. I caught a Nerf ball at the Hannity show here in West Palm from DeSantis. Oh, wow. And it's like, like it, I'm, I'm like a teenage girl at a rock concert, you know? It's, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it, it's insane. I'm going to tell you a story about in Toronto. Um, George Soros had an office uh, of all places in Chinatown. Uh, the Tides Foundation and Dominion Voting Machines had offices in the same building in Chinatown, in the second largest country in the world. You don't say. Uh, so, yeah, it's been reported, and you know, not by mainstream, of course, but, no. uh, you know, you you you, you get it. And well, 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 Wally, I tell you what, I, I thank you very much for the call. I thank you for the kind words, and um, I always look forward to speaking to people like you in Lake Worth, Florida, when I get the uh, honor and the opportunity to host on Red Eye Radio. The uh, phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. My name is Dan Mandis, in for the boys, uh, Gary and Eric. By the way, they return next week. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as well. We'll return next. This is Red Eye Radio. Lines are open. 1 866 907 3339. 866 90 Red Eye. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Uh, coming up, I'm going to play you some audio from the beleaguered CEO of Southwest Airlines. And I got to tell you, I'm hearing from a lot of people that work for Southwest Airlines, and I'm hearing some of the absolute train wreck and some of the drama that's going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of problems internally going on. As you can imagine, with Southwest Airlines, they have now decided to cancel even more flights, leaving even more thousands of people that are stranded. And I'm going to get into some of that. And Pete Buttigieg, of course, and the federal government to the rescue. They're going to have an investigation, it would appear. We'll have to see what uh, all of that becomes. But there is a lot going on with Southwest Airlines. And can they actually learn from this complete and utter train wreck? Also, we're talking about uh, effectively George Santos, this uh, Republican that lied. Uh, and he admits that he lied. And now the question is, and I've presented this to you, what would you do if your incoming House representative that you voted for, perhaps you even donated money to, turned out he was embellishing or lying on his resume? We have that story for you. Uh, we also have the reprieve on Title 42. We've been talking about that as well. Very, very busy night here on Red Eye Radio. I want to say hello to Brian in Phoenix on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Brian, how are you? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Hello, uh, Dan. Thank you uh, for filming with uh, Gary and Eric. I, I always love doing it, and I appreciate uh, that you called. Okay. The reason why I'm calling, you know, the, the people are stranded, you know, uh, at the airports. Yeah. Okay. You know what? In my opinion, uh, Dan, uh, there should be a congressional hearing investigation on uh, who's accountable because the American people, they want answers. They want to know who dropped the ball. In the first place, we can't control the weather. They should prepare this, make preparation way in advance, and we should never have this disaster. Well, see, and, and that's what, uh, you know, what, what I've been saying, what a lot of people have been saying all along, which is, you know, this isn't about, and I appreciate the call, uh, Brian, this isn't about this particular storm. I mean, this is about the preparedness of Southwest Airlines, and that's part of the dynamic. That That's part of what's going on right now uh, behind the scenes is there is a lot of finger-pointing. There is a lot of anger, and now the CEO for Southwest Airlines, he came out um, a couple of hours ago, and he acknowledged that, yes, they've made a lot of mistakes and they're doing whatever they can to fix those mistakes, and yes, he is sorry. I want everyone who is dealing with the problems we've been facing, whether you haven't been able to get to where you need to go, or you're one of our heroic employees caught up in a massive effort to stabilize the airline, uh, to know is that we're doing everything we can to return to a normal operation. And please also hear that I'm truly sorry. Here's why this giant puzzle is taking us several days to solve. Southwest is the largest carrier in the country, not only because of our value and our values, but because we build our flight schedule around communities, not hubs. So we're the largest airline in 23 of the top 25 travel markets in the U.S. Cities where large numbers of scheduled flights simultaneously froze as record bitter cold brought challenges for all airlines. So I I guess that is part of the question is, okay, well, if you knew the path of the storm, and I, and I get this is not a, a, an easy science to deal with, but I mean, this is what these folks get paid to do. That is Southwest CEO Bob Jordan. And if you knew the path of the storm, then yeah, it seems to me that you don't have your planes just hanging out there waiting to be stranded. I mean, you cannot, as, as the guy just, he, guy just called and said, you can't control the weather. No, but you can control how you react to the weather. So if you know, for example, that Chicago's going to get hit or the Buffalo's going to get hit or Denver's going to get hit, then be proactive and get as many people where they need to go as you can, but don't have all your planes stuck there in those particular cities. I mean, that's number one. But number two is, I mean, they have thousands and thousands of people that have been stranded. And so now people, as often they do, they're starting to armchair quarterback as far as what uh, what Southwest Airlines should have done. Uh, the um, folks over there at CNN talking about how the Southwest system has just completely melted down. And so now people are angry. And the CEO, by the way, uh, understands uh, Bob Jordan. Uh, he does understand that people are angry and he does understand that there is a lot of apologizing that they need to do. But what I, what I thought was interesting is they're not getting more planes in the air. They're actually getting less planes in the air. We reached a decision point to significantly reduce our flying to catch up. We're focused on safely 
getting all of the pieces back into position uh, to end this rolling struggle. I reached out to Secretary Buttigieg earlier today to continue the discussions we've been having with the DOT through the holiday, uh, sharing all the things that we're doing to make things right for our customers. We always take care of our customers, and we will lean in and go above and beyond as they would expect us to. Our plan for the next few days is to fly a reduced schedule and reposition our people and planes, and we're making headway, and we're optimistic to be back on track before next week. We have some real work to do in making this right. For now, I want you to know that we're committed to that. I wonder if, uh, you know, in in Dallas, Red Eye Radio is heard in Dallas, and uh, one of the powerhouse affiliates there, a station I'm very familiar with, WBAP. Well, Southwest Airlines is uh, based in Dallas. So I do wonder if there's some folks uh, there listening on uh, WBAP in Dallas that are hearing that and, and perhaps screaming at their radio. Here's what CNN Business says about what happened with Southwest Airlines. They say that Southwest had a combination of bad luck and bad planning. The storm hit Chicago and Denver hard, where Southwest has two of its biggest hubs, Chicago Midway Airport and Denver International Airport. More bad luck. The storms hit just as the so-called triple-demic surged across America leaving people and their families sick with COVID, the flu, and RSV. Although Southwest says it was fully staffed for the holiday weekend, illnesses make adjusting an increased... It's, uh, illness makes adjusting to increased system stress difficult. They say that many airlines still lack sufficient staff to recover when events like bad weather cause delay, delays or flights. And so that is ultimately also part of the problem. They also are saying that there has been sufficient underinvestment. They say Southwest Airlines hurt itself with an aggressive schedule and by underinvesting in its operations. Southwest's schedule includes shorter flights with tighter turnaround times, which are causing some of the problems, says Kathleen Bangs, a flight-aware spokesperson telling that to CNN. So when you have these kinds of things that happen, then you do have to look at the ability of a company like Southwest to actually respond and react to what's going on. And so for Southwest Airlines, they have a lot to explain and they have a lot to fix. 86690-RED-EYE is the phone number. want to say hello to Joe, who is calling from Massachusetts on uh, Red Eye Radio. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I was uh, touching base on that Buffalo incident you were talking about earlier. I'm from the Buffalo area. I'm from Attica, actually. And our governor, Kathy Hochul, and uh, governor and uh, Mayor Byron Brown and uh, uh, polling cars is the Erie County executive, all playing politics like Democrats do so well. Like they're instituting a travel ban and they're getting a lot of uh, state troopers from downstate New York, as well as New Jersey, to write tickets on law-abiding citizens. Mm. And uh, <laughs> and in the meantime, there's looting going on. Where are the well, police for that? It's crazy. There, there's looting going on. As a matter of fact, um, I think yeah. now what they've done is they've shut down the streets in uh, in Buffalo. So... You know, you're you're not allowed out on the streets. I think that's one of two. There's two reasons why they're doing that. Number one is because a lot of these streets 
are impassable and they need to keep the streets open for emergency vehicles. And yes, Joe, because of the looting as well. Do, do you still know people uh, that are in, in Buffalo? They must be sick with uh, all of this looting going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Gary McNamara is there, too, right now. He's from the area. Uh, yeah, I, I know Gary is, is 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 from the area. And I don't I don't you know, I don't know if he actually made it to Buffalo. I, I know that he was planning on going. I, I, I hope. Oh, you know what? I just told uh, in my headphones. I, I think I'm OK to say this. Gary's flight was canceled. So I think he's uh, probably back in the Metroplex as we speak. And I appreciate the call. I, I think that there is uh, in America. We have such little faith in our politicians anymore that we're not really appalled at the lie. I think part of what has me appalled at what is going on in America these days is that there's lying going on and the the institutions that we used to count on to call out the lies, the media refuses to do so unless it's a Republican. As I was mentioning earlier, you've got all of the things that the Democrats have lied about over the years, including, you know, Joe Biden, all the things that he has said and media completely silent. What's going on in the border? Is the border open? Is the border closed? Obviously, the border is wide open. Biden administration says it's closed, but very few of the mainstream media will actually call the Biden administration out on their lies. But you have this guy who was running for the third congressional district in, in the state of New York, uh, George Santos. He lied about literally almost everything. And the media is all over him. But Biden lies. Kamala Harris lies about the border or, you know, the so-called, uh, you know, new Jim Crow laws that the Republicans were trying to institute in in Georgia. And the media is all about keeping up with the lie and covering for the Democrats. So the cynicism isn't just on the uh, politicians. I think there's plenty of cynicism to go around, whether we're talking about the lies of social media and Twitter or the mainstream media or politicians. There's a lot of lies to go around. But as I said previously, when you have the liars who are allowed to lie and they're celebrated in their lies, but the people that have been telling the truth, those are the people that are being censored. It can cause a lot of frustration for our side. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll return next. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. I want to say hello to Patricia calling from Washington D.C. Patricia, how are you? Well, I'm real good, and I'm glad to talk to you. And you are doing great. Thank you. I'm bringing up a Biden lie, Jill and Joe Biden, how they met before the 2020 election. Jill Biden's ex-husband came out and said that Jill and Joe were having an affair, and they lie about that to this day. And the media covered that up, just like they covered up the Hunter Biden story. Well, the me- the media covered everything up as it relates to Joe Biden. They they covered up the fact that he was hiding in his basement during the 2020 election. They they do everything they can to protect Joe Biden, and then they get upset. This is what I find uh, so ironic: 
then they get upset when Biden only does the occasional interview. And so it's kind of a bizarre relationship with the Democrats and the media because the Democrats seem to use the media for their convenience. But then when it comes time for them to be repaid by the politician that they helped put into office, well, oftentimes that debt is not necessarily paid. Jill, I, I should say, Patricia, I appreciate the call. I mean, case in point, you know, when, uh, when when Biden was hiding down in his basement, the media protected him. In reality, they should have called him out. But how often does Biden give one-on-one interviews anymore? Almost never. And there's a lot of people in the media that are angry about that. They should be louder in calling him out. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord, we get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.